1: Legendary investor and Vanguard founder uh, Jack Bogle passed away last week at the age of 89. Bogle is credited with making the investment industry accessible to millions of people because of his development of low-cost, low-fee index funds. Warren Buffett has credited Bogle with having done more for American investors than anyone else he's known, calling him a hero. Vanguard, which started by uh, Bogle in the late 1970s, now has over $5 trillion in investor assets. With more on the legacy of Jack Bogle, we are joined here in studio by Jeremy Siegel, Wharton School finance professor, and also joined uh, on the phone by Burton Malkiel, who's an economics professor at Princeton University. He is a chief investment officer at Wealthfront. He's also a former director of the Vanguard Group and currently sits on the board of directors at uh, TheraVince Biopharma. Jeremy, great seeing you, and thanks for coming in. Happy to be here, Dan. Burton, great to have you with us today.
0: Glad to be here.
1: Thank you. Jeremy, uh, what's your
2: your most lasting memories of of Mr. Bogle? Oh, uh, there are so many. I mean, uh, I invited him to a conference here um, uh, at Wharton. And when his session was done, it was a cold, snowy January day. And um, uh, he had taken the train in from Valley Forge. And I said, I'm going to get you a taxi, um, John. Uh, to go back. And he said, oh, no, Jeremy, just point me to the bus stop. And I'll take, <laughs> you, know, you know, his legend, how thrifty he was. I said, no, Jack, you don't want to go on the bus. Uh, let me get you a taxi. It was a $5 taxi ride right to the station. It's very close here uh, at Penn. But it was it was just sort of uh, typical. Uh, another thing, when he invited me to his office at at, uh, at Vanguard, um, a couple of things, we walk into his office, there's no Bloomberg Terminal. There's no huh. stock ticker. Uh, that short run, he hated the short run. He just had books piled up everywhere. Of course, his, he wrote quite a few, and and uh, he wanted to think about the long run. And he also took me right on the cafeteria where everyone else was was eating there and joined a, a group of employees. He's a man of the people, and, I mean, his contributions, uh, you know, are— are, are timeless and, and priceless. Burton, you uh, spent uh, almost three decades there
1: at, at Vanguard, and I can imagine some of the amazing stories that you could tell about Mr. Bogle.
0: Well, I think uh, Jeremy is exactly right. Uh, Jack really had an obsession about fees and uh, believed that uh, the greater the fee, The uh, more that the uh, investment managers spent, uh, the less there would be for the investor. Uh, One of Jack's expressions that I've always loved is, uh, this is a business where you get uh, what you don't pay for. Uh, (laughs) And so really throughout uh, his life, uh, there was this inexorable pressure on getting the costs uh, down and as Jeremy said it was uh, it was the way that he uh, uh, the way that he lived his uh, life. Uh, one of uh, actually my favorite stories is when he first uh, uh, met Warren Buffett uh, he said, uh, The thing I liked about Warren Buffett is that he had this uh, rumpled suit on, and uh, that was Jack. Uh, uh, Jack, uh, uh, you know, never had a fancy watch. Uh, uh, He had uh, uh, often a sport jacket with uh, patches uh, on the uh, elbow, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, everything in his life was... uh, get the fees down, yeah. uh, and, uh, get the costs out, uh, and the consumer will be, uh, uh, will be better off for it. And, uh, uh, that was the way he, uh, lived his life. And, uh, uh, that was the way that he ran the Vanguard Group.
1: You know, it, it's funny, Jeremy, uh, you were telling me before we went on the air, and one of the things, obviously, we wanted to talk about was his, his background in pushing the index funds. Oh, yes. But you mentioned to me before that the idea of the index fund
2: in the beginning was really not Jack Bogle's, right. it,
1: it was Paul Samuelson's.
2: Yeah, and it was, I mean, I've written, I've read many, many uh, obituaries and memorial statements, and of course... Uh, he deserves all of those. I haven't read one um, that actually said the idea for the index fund uh, was not Jack's. Um, it was actually Paul Samuelson in in 1974 in the Journal Portfolio Management. Paul Samuelson. Uh, uh, our first American Nobel Prize professor, is also a, uh, one of my thesis advisors when I got my PhD at MIT, yeah. uh, he wrote a, 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 a article called Challenge to Judgment. Where he said, you know, the empirical evidence is that active money managers do not beat the uh, averages. And what I want to do is challenge people to: it's time for Wall Street to produce such an index fund. He suggested yeah. the S and P five hundred. When when Jack Bogle uh, said, I mean, he admits it himself. He said when I read Samuelson's challenge to judgment, it was a bolt of lightning. And that was his phrase. And in fact, on the 20th anniversary, actually the 40th anniversary of uh, that article, uh, uh, he wrote an article uh, called Light- Lightning Strikes, the <laughs> creation of a Vanguard, the first mutual fund. And he absolutely says, you know, Samuelson was was the man who, who really put that idea. But of course, uh, you know, the uh, 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 Jack was the first to put it together, and of course, yeah. all the uh, obituaries mentioned how much resistance he had. No one thought it was a good idea. He had yeah. trouble raising those first wing dollars, but really, uh, and and it was almost a mutual admiration society between. I mean, Samuelson loved Bogle for what he did, and Bogle uh, actually uh, uh, loved Samuelson. I I do want to uh, read one thing um, that I think is is really quite. Uh, 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 interesting in terms of, of that, and that is that um, uh, 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 what 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 Bogle actually said about uh, Samuelson um, was was the fact that uh, he, he the, Samuelson's praise to Bogle. And Boko regarded himself as such a a modest man, Uh, uh, such a, he said, is is more than almost anything else I did, that I could, that intellectual giant uh, could say that I uh, was probably the most important person in the practical finance field, to him was uh, an absolute uh, uh, overwhelming. Burton, I'm guessing you heard something similar uh, while you
1: were there at Vanguard as well.
0: Well, look, uh, Jeremy's absolutely right. Uh, Jack didn't uh, uh, invent the idea of the uh, the mutual fund. But, uh, you know, there's quite a difference between an academic uh, suggesting that mutual funds that uh, simply uh, bought and held all the securities in an index uh, was a good idea, Uh, Academics uh, can say this very easily, it's quite another thing uh, to bet your company on it. And what Jack did was, to bet his company on it, the the first index fund, uh, and that's what it was called, the first index fund, uh, was an underwritten offering. And the underwriters uh, were expected to uh, sell at least $150 million uh, worth. Uh, hopefully more. Uh, in the end, the most they could sell was uh, 11 million. And uh, uh, this was, was an idea that was uh, ridiculed at the beginning. It was going to be guaranteed mediocrity. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, doomed to fail. Uh, it was uh, even considered uh, uh, un-American. Uh, uh, and Bogle's uh, folly Uh, I used to kid Jack uh, that uh, at the beginning when the fund was so small that he and I were the only shareholders in the (laughs) first uh, index fund because we believed in it. But as I say, the the fact that uh, this is a guy who had the persistence to stay with it, Uh, and wait the decade or more before this became popular. And it became popular very uh, uh, simply uh, because it worked, because, in fact, uh, the evidence accumulated that index investing was not mediocre. It was, in fact, above average. It's, in fact... consistently top quartile performance, uh, and that the average actively managed fund would uh, earn a net rate of return uh, that was uh, approximately 100 basis points, or one percentage point less than the index would earn. That difference being made up of uh, we we'll go back to the fees again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the typical actively managed fund underperforms the index fund, and the index funds now are available at uh, uh, prices uh, very close to zero. There's even one that is heavily advertised today as uh, a zero-cost uh, index fund. But ETFs are three and four basis points. Uh, uh, three or four one-hundredths of one percent. So essentially, you can buy the index uh, at no cost, uh, and the active manager still uh, charges 100 basis points, and uh, that's, uh, again, the difference, uh, and that's why it's worked, and that's why it is so popular. Uh, today, almost half of all mutual funds our index funds. yeah, And uh, boy, it was a very inauspicious beginning. And you had to have guts because as I say, uh, Jack was betting his whole company.
1: Well, and, and I guess, Burton, it's easy to say now that when you look back on it uh, that this move, this idea in the end has not hurt this
2: industry very much at all, correct?
0: Exactly.
2: Uh, I mean, fees have come down uh even a little bit on the active of course, but the a overall fees no, you're are right a
0: little bit a little, a little bit, bit. But not
2: much I mean uh, the overall fees are down because the fees on the in- the index funds have come up to be such a big percentage yeah uh, right now uh compared to that uh, by the way, I did locate the uh, the quote that I was looking for before uh in 2005 Samuelson, Uh, Before a a talk at the Boston Security Analyst, he said, I rank the Bogle invention of the S&P 500 index fund along with the invention of the wheel, the alphabet, (laughs) Gutenberg's uh, printing. Wow. <laughs> and then, I'm sure with a twinkle in his eye, and wine and cheese. Uh, he he, he, uh, he thought this was like one of the greatest uh, the, the greatest financial uh, yeah. innovations uh, at all. And here was uh, Bogle responded by saying quote, those words from an intellectual giant to a mere mor- mortal who is scraped by without great intellect. Uh, yeah. it, it, he tells a story that it was he, economics was not an easy course for him at Princeton. Um, our among the greatest rewards of my long career. Burton, there's also the, the,
1: the impact that uh, that Mr. Bogle had uh, surrounding the idea of buy and hold. And I'd like you to give us some insight as to why it was that in an, in an industry where, obviously, trading and, and moving around your money is, is seen uh, as a vital thing, the, why he believed that buy and hold was such an important piece.
0: Well, first of all, uh, let me just say that, uh, you know, Jack's uh, uh, view on the uh, importance of uh, costs uh, came down to um, a turnover as well. That uh, what his own work suggested and other people have confirmed is that high turnover For actively managed funds actually hurts performance because when even an institutional investor uh, goes and buys and sells a number of things, uh, what you are doing is incurring brokerage costs. The brokerage costs may be very little, but there's a bid-ask spread. Uh, There's a market impact cost, and actually some of the larger uh, active funds have uh, quite large uh, market impact costs. And so uh, the idea of let's get fees down uh, to uh, the minimum, let's get costs down to the minimum, Uh, buy and hold was a part of that. Now, a second part of that was that he believed and uh, believed very strongly that, in fact, uh, investors who uh, did a lot of trading were basically shooting themselves uh, in the foot. Right. Because what happens is, Your emotions uh, get uh, a hold of you. And this is, I think, one of the uh, great lessons that we learn from uh, so-called behavioral finance, that what people tend to do when they trade is when everything is going well. When the stock market's going up, when something is booming, when the Bitcoin is going toward $20,000 a coin, that that's when people buy. That's when people get excited. And when do people typically sell? They typically sell uh, just when things are terrible. Think back to 2008. The world is falling apart. Capitalism is dead. Uh, we're uh, uh, having a, a worldwide financial crisis. That was when people sold. Of course, that's exactly the wrong thing to do. Uh, I like Warren Buffett's quote here. What you do is uh, uh, you're, uh, you you get you should be fearful when everyone is optimistic. Uh, and uh, you should buy when everyone is fearful. So uh, Jack's view was, for God's sakes, don't trade. Uh, you'll clearly mess it up. You'll sell at the wrong time. You'll buy at the wrong time. And the other thing that Jack uh, absolutely uh, believed in was the idea of dollar cost averaging. In other words, just be slow and steady. Put the uh, X amount of dollars every week or every month or every quarter uh, into your 401K, uh, into your IRA. Uh, Do it consistently. Sure, you'll sometimes buy at the wrong time, but you'll also make sure that you have bought at the right time. And you will buy even in times like uh, uh, 2008. And the nice thing uh, about the arithmetic of dollar-cost averaging is you tend to buy more shares when the price is lower, and that was another one of Jack's ideas. So definitely buy and hold. Uh, Don't try to time the market. You'll always get it wrong, and professionals even do this. If you look at the cash position of uh, of, uh, active managers who run mutual funds, they have more cash at the at the bottom of the market than at the top of the market. Institutional investors do the same thing, so never try to time the market. Buy and hold, and just steadily, uh, if you're investing over time for retirement, steadily put the money in every week, every month, every quarter. Jeremy? Uh,
2: Oh, no! Everything that Bert is saying is is certainly true. Uh, we we should also say that um, Jack's aversion to short term trading um, uh, broke out in the later years when okay. th- when the ETF exchange traded fund movement uh, started um, and. Uh, uh, they are basically uh, uh, well uh, d- taking his index fund for example, or it could be any any fund, and saying you know you 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 trade it during the day uh, on the exchange. Uh, as you know, the standard S and P 500 index that he founded is a standard mutual fund. You yeah. you get the value only at the end of the day. There was no day trading, and I think that he got you know he said I I don't want these these ETFs are going to encourage a very sort of behavior that I've been uh, warning against for so many years. Don't you think, Bert, that that was some of that motivation?
0: Oh, there's no question about it. Um, uh, you know, the uh, the ETF started uh, at the American Stock Exchange, and um, I remember it very well because I was on the Board of Governors and Chairman of the New Products Committee, And uh, uh, the uh, idea for the ETF uh, was one um, uh, developed by a fellow by the name of Nate Most. And uh, uh, Nate, first of all, went to see Jack Bogle and uh, wanted Vanguard to sponsor the first uh, ETF that we would trade on the American Stock Exchange. And uh, Jack turned him down Mm -hmm. and turned him down for exactly the reason that Jeremy suggests that people will go and cut them, uh, cut their throat. I remember, Mm -hmm. uh, boy, I remember so well, Jack saying, who in the world would want to go and buy the market at 1030 in the morning and then sell it at two o'clock in the afternoon? That's the dumbest (laughs) thing in the world. And the ETF will make them do it. Uh, And I hate ETFs, and uh, this is one of the reasons why uh, uh, Vanguard uh, went into the ETF business only after uh, Jack left the uh, uh, active management Mm, uh, of the firm. Burton,
1: that that sounds, it's a little bit like uh, he was mad at at the aspect of it, that it's basically playing out like what we see in the gambling industry, where you can bet on something in the first quarter of a football game, and you can bet on something totally different in the fourth quarter of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. And and
2: people are tempted to do so. It was yeah. what Bert was saying. You know, he he wanted long-term investing ETFs, yeah, yeah. where you know, not designed. Although you know, you can argue for it as long-term investing. There's flexibility. There's a number of of uh, of, of of other factors. Uh, I I do remember um, uh, that uh, Vanguard did not like. It's individual investors even to trade frequently. I remember in one fund that I owned at Vanguard, I made a trade, and then three days later, I w- made another trade in the opposite direction. I got a warning letter um, huh. yeah, like, oh, uh, we'll let you do this, Dr. Siegel, but you uh, you have our, you know, index policy is we can encourage long-term trading, long-term investing. We don't want people to trade these funds, et cetera, and so on. Now, I think that sort of thing is one reason why people say, with an ETF, I don't need permission from anybody to buy it and sell it when I want to do it, you know, at the time that I want to do it. But, I mean, there's still, it resonates that Jack was saying we we don't want to give them the tools to to uh, to trade, because for the average investor, and even more than the average investor, their timing will be exactly wrong, uh, and uh, they, will, they will they will mess up their, their returns as a result. We are talking about uh, the life and career of Jack
1: Bogle, a legendary investor and founder of Vanguard. Uh, you're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School, joined in studio by Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel, and on the phone with uh, Burton Malkiel, who's an economics professor at Princeton and uh, was a director at Vanguard for almost three decades. Burton, how do you, with with the way that, that, that Jack approached this industry and, and all of the change that he kind of helped bring about, how do you think, though, his method of operation has impacted boards of directors of other companies in the investment segment over the years?
0: Well, Jack was a frequent uh, critic. <laughs> of other uh, uh, investment companies, and uh, uh, I'm not sure how uh, much of an effect uh, uh, that uh, he had uh, on them. I mean, the one thing uh, was that uh, Vanguard was a mutual company. Uh, really owned by the people who owned the mutual funds, and it was truly uh, mutual. Uh, And whatever profits uh, were made were then given back to the individual shareholders. Uh, Jack would scold uh, the industry, which was generally run for profit, uh, and he would scold them uh, for uh, uh, not... uh, uh looking out for the interests of their shareholders but rather looking out for their own interests i'm not sure how successful uh he uh, was uh in that uh, scolding there's no question uh that there has been some pressure on the fees of active funds they have come down uh, a bit uh and that's probably the uh, vanguard effect because vanguard's fees are much lower uh, on the active funds that they manage than the rest of the uh, industry. Uh, And uh, uh, thing that uh, uh, he would rail against with the rest of the industry, but uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure that uh, the industry changed uh, all that much. I must say that one of the things that I liked about being a Vanguard director was that Uh, If an issue came up, it was very easy to find the answer because the answer was always going to be, okay, uh, what's in the best interests of the individual shareholder? Uh, And that is uh, the way uh, Vanguard ran. Uh, I was sort of very proud to be a part of that. It is not the way the rest of the financial industry runs, uh, and uh, uh, that's uh, uh, just a, a fact of life that uh, everyone should uh, understand.
2: Jeremy? Uh, you, you know, I was a young assistant professor at University of Chicago when the index fund came out. And I said, this is for me. I was one of, yeah. probably not as early as you, Bert, but one of those people that invested in the first one. It changed everything. I mean, it just uh, it, it 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 really was probably one of the most revolutionary financial products ever for the average uh, investor. And I mean, uh, obviously, uh, it, it's it's success. Uh uh, you know, Samuelson's challenge of judgment and what Bogle did on responding to that has proved through time, time and again. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I, I think we, everyone has a, uh, an indebtedness uh, to Jack uh, and uh, uh, properly so. Jeremy
1: Burton, thank you very much for your time today. Both of you, we wish you all the best. And uh, I know this passing has hit you both a little bit. So we send our condolences out to you both and and to uh, Mr. Bogle's family as well. Thank you, uh, Jeremy, for coming in. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming in.
0: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.